Thank you for tuning in to the Okinawa Karate Podcast, the only karate podcast coming to you from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan. My name is Josh Simmers, and I'm delighted to share my podcast with you. This podcast was extremely special for me because I had a chance to interview the world-famous karate nerd, Jesse Enkamp. I met Jesse Sensei as he was finishing up an historical tour of the famous World War II battle site called Hacksaw Ridge, uh, the story of which which, uh, was also made into a Hollywood movie just a couple years ago. Hacksaw Ridge is located in Udasoy, which is a town very close to Naha. It was about 5 p.m. and a typical Okinawa summer day, what I call 85-85, about 85 degrees Fahrenheit and 85% humidity. That's 29 degrees Celsius for our metric listeners. It was quite a uh, typical steamy day here in Okinawa. We had a couple hours between the end of the tour and some training that we had set up at our Okinawa Kempo Dojo that allowed us to get some dinner and to sit down for the interview. The interview took place at a restaurant, so you will hear the normal restaurant noises in the background, and at one point, Three plates of pork and chicken are delivered to the table, and you can certainly hear the sizzling and crackling of the meat while it was still cooking on the hot plates. Luckily, this only carries on for about a minute, Uh, but occasionally when food and drinks were being delivered and while we were eating our dinner, I did have to edit some of the sections of the interview. So two or three times you may hear a, a hard stop and hard start that doesn't mold quite perfectly, but that's because we were eating dinner during the interview. So apologies for that disturbance during the podcast. Uh, Several days before the interview took place, I had asked members of the Karate Nerd Facebook group, as well as those that follow the Okinawa Karate Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, to send me questions for Jesse Sensei. I was fortunate enough to um, ask Jesse Sensei if we can sit down once more before he leaves the island. Uh, So please wait for that. Hopefully we'll get time uh, another week. He's going to be here, so hopefully I'll get some time to sit down with him after the tournament to get his thoughts on the the tournament. And then also I want to do some follow-up questions to the ones that were previously asked. Um, Just uh, some points about my feeling about Jesse Sensei after meeting him for the first time. i got to tell you, this man is laser-focused. Watching the way he carries himself, listening to him speak, reading his body language... Seeing him in the dojo, warming up, doing kihon, doing kata, it gave me a chance to really see and feel his passion at being the absolute best karate nerd possible. He said himself during the interview that that's what he considers himself, a professional karate nerd. Well, there is no doubt in my mind that this man is a professional, and truthfully told, I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone quite so focused. If you get the opportunity to meet Jesse Sensei in person, please do it. I think it will have a lasting impression on you. Well, that's enough of me yapping, so let's listen to the interview with the karate nerd, Jesse Enkamp Sensei. Okay, thank you for tuning in to the Okinawa Karate Podcast. Josh Simmers coming to you from Okinawa, Japan, the birthplace of karate. Very honored and privileged to be sitting here today having dinner with uh, the world-famous karate nerd, uh, Jesse Enkamp Sensei, who happens to be visiting Okinawa, uh, running his recording for his second series of the Okinawa 
uh, Karate Nerd in Okinawa, if I remember. Yep. And uh, getting ready to compete also in the world tournament, yes. international tournament. Well, thank exactly. you very much for taking time to have dinner with us today. And thank I really you for having me. Thank you yep. for meeting me for this podcast interview. It is my absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you. you so much. Excellent. Excellent. Sensei, if you can give us all a little bit of a rundown, I think. Honestly, most of the listeners probably have an understanding of your background. Yeah. Um, but if you don't mind, can you just give us a, a quick rundown of your your training history, what brings you back to Okinawa time and time again? Yeah, so basically I'm uh, a full-time professional karate nerd, which is a pretty strange job. But it means that every day from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, all I do is karate. I practice, teach, learn, read, write, travel, compete with the national team. Uh, I do seminars, I write books, I travel, and uh, right now I'm back in Okinawa, where I used to live actually and study at university, to compete at a big, uh, the first international karate tournament, as they call it, where I'm going to do some uh, kobudo kata, but I'm also recording um, a second season of what I call Karate Nerd in Okinawa, which is kind of a web show that I did a few years back, maybe a couple of years back, uh, where I basically decided to return to Okinawa, since I used to live here, right, to film a lot of the stuff that I explored and, and discovered when I used to live here, to show people around the world what it's like at the birthplace, because a lot of people don't have the time or possibility or ability, or they have commitments, they got work and kids and family, they don't, they can't really come here. Interesting, I'm, and of course we benefit from that because you share that information. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. The second time now, uh, doing this particular series, the uh, Karate Nerd in Okinawa. Um, their first series was fantastic, and thank you for for sharing the videos from from meeting and training with the the well-known masters. Mm. Uh, and I can't wait. I'm not even going to ask you who you're meeting with now, but I can't wait to see the videos when they're when they're ready. Um, but I do have a question. How do you go about choosing or or selecting? reaching out to particular senseis, mm. what do you look for? Mm. Do, or do you, okay, I want to really focus on weapons at this time, or is there a particular kata, or... Technique? I'm looking to show them um, the diverse nature of Okinawan karate, because to a lot of people, karate is one thing, their style. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just Shotokan, this is the way mm -hmm. we do it. But I want to show them that originally, that was not the case. Before styles, it was just you know, a very diverse mix of different fighting methods that were cultivated in this tiny island in Okinawa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that kind of mentality still exists, especially, for example, the, the most famous dish in Okinawa is kind of the champuru, right? And the word itself means that it's kind of a mix. That's exactly what karate was. But today it's so standardized and formal in many ways that we kind of lost that kind of organic nature of it, which is not as strict or formal. And that's kind of the way that I like to to, to, to follow it. I see. Yeah. I see. Um, you have mentioned in the past that when you were a young boy, I think, I think it was a picture when you were here at maybe Hokama Sensei's dojo as a young child. You had pointed out, and there I am, the the, the chubby boy in the back, or something of right, that. Right, right. And then I've watched some of your videos where you're discussing proper stretching techniques and how to get into a good shikodachi and whatnot. Mm -hmm. you even mentioned that at one time you would you had difficulties. With, with these yeah. these elements uh, of martial arts, but you don't now. Mm. Or let's just say you've worked very hard at them. Mm. I'm curious to know what changed, what mm. sparked, or maybe nothing changed, but mm. what sparked your interest to try to be the best and not just mm. 
the run of the mill. Oh, this is good enough. Yeah, it's kind of. I I I have a philosophy, and I'm not sure where or why it developed, but I want to get better at things I'm not good at instead of avoiding things I'm not good at. Okay. Because I think that's very common. If if you're not good at something and you don't like that feeling of being bad at it, you just keep avoiding it, yeah. right? Yeah. But I realized that nothing changes when you have that kind of mindset. And I want change, especially good change, because mm -hmm. that's progress, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess when I got older, I just realized that if I don't take care of these kinds of weaknesses in myself, mm -hmm. whether it's physical, technical, or in my character or, or moral stuff, right? Then nothing happens and you don't develop as a human being. Mm -hmm. So I kind of see um, difficulties, uh, as challenges, as good things, something that should be overcome and not avoided. This, this is what I apply all, all, all also to stuff that you mentioned, like a, a sumo stance, a shikodachi or something. So I felt that my shikodachi was bad, so I decided to improve it. I, I feel like my maigiri was bad, so I decided I would start competing with a kata anan that has one, two, three, four, five, six maigiri and two low kicks, just to make sure that I can improve my maigiri. So instead of trying to just do what I'm good at, I try to kind of do what I'm bad at so that I can become good at it. Mm -hmm. And I think that the journey of choosing that kind of path teaches you way more than just doing what you're already comfortable mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. Sensei, I'd like to open this up a little bit. As you know, I sent this out online that I was going to be interviewing you today. So your Facebook group, uh, the Karate Nerds, had some questions. Mm -hmm. um, you had some questions coming from Instagram, Twitter, and people have still been pinging me here on Messenger up to about five minutes ago. Nice. Um, so I got a couple different categories that I'd like to, to go over with you if you don't mind. Um, some questions came in based around overall fitness. Um, gentleman uh, Ben Ayers, that uh, you and I both know, the Kilted Karateka, has asked uh, which, if there were only one, supplementary training exercise do you believe is the most important for karate? Strength, flexibility, mobility, or cardio? Are those the options that I can choose from? Those are the options you can choose from that he gave you. Well, but yes. if uh, you have, if you would like to add lib on there, or you change it around, go right. What were the options? One more time. Strength, flexibility, mobility, and cardio. Mm. Well, first of all, it would be irresponsible of me to say that one of these is more important than any other because it totally depends on who you are, and what your specific goals are what your weakness is, right? Because I think that if you're not strong, then strength should be your main goal. If you're not flexible, then flexibility should be. If you run out of breath all the time, maybe cardio should be. So to say that one is more important than any other, I, I couldn't really do that. But I can just say that, for me at least, I try to combine all of them, but in different um, time periods. So instead of trying to work on your strength and mobility and flexibility and cardio all at the same time, try to kind of combine them to, uh, this is what's, what, what we call uh, periodization in sports science. So that you have a period when you specifically focus on, for example, your cardio. And then after that you can uh, focus on explosive power, for example. So that you don't try to do everything at once, because that usually just leads to a mess. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my advice on this topic when it comes to these options. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Colin Colin McRae asks. Colin McRae says he, I'm not naturally flexible. 
Having come back to the martial arts after many years away and suffered several niggling injuries and strains since coming back, I try to stretch every day to aid my flexibility, but feel that I need more. Does Jesse Sensei have any advice or daily exercises that would benefit? So an individual um, that's in his 40s has been away for a long time and he's coming back now with a bunch of nagging injuries here mm. and there. Any advice about flexibility overall? Yes, get my flexibility program. There you go. That's why I created it, because I get this question many times a day from people who feel that they're too stiff, right? And instead of giving people different you know, exercises all the time, I just decided to put together my 50 best exercises into what I call a program. It's just a bunch of videos where I show the exercises. You can just download them and start working on it. There you go. Colin, you have your answer. There it is. <clears throat> okay, next question is from E.M. Brown. Bit of an interesting question here as well, and this might be difficult to, to answer without knowing the individual, but E.M. Brown says, what exercises would you suggest for a student who can't do push-ups? She has issues with her wrists, so she usually does planks in class while we're doing push-ups but I don't want her to miss out on the shoulder and chest benefits. Do the push-ups against the wall instead. Okay. Standing up. Standing up against the wall. Yes. It's important to have progression in your training, but also regression. Okay. Very good. All right. Um, so we had a question come in from uh, Twitter. Forum Ferret asks, this is Patrick Burke from Twitter at Forum Ferret says, as widely traveled as Jesse is, does he see a general emphasis for karate in U.S. versus Europe versus Japan and Okinawa? I'm thinking in particular of the rise and popularity of bonkai slash practical self-defense based curriculum versus kihon kata or kumite. Hmm. So the question is, what is the difference between... Yes, so as you're traveling and you're around these different uh, cultures, yes. U.S., Europe, Japan, is there an emphasis that you're seeing in these different cultures with their training? I couldn't say that there's a difference between the cultures per se, but there is a difference within each culture, and that difference is basically identical in each culture. So there is, a, for example, in, in Okinawa, let's call that a culture, Japan, Europe, US, whatever. Within each culture, there are people who do karate as a, like you said, like a more practical-based, application-based, a practice where they want to kind of use it for self-defense or MMA or whatever but there will also be those who want to use it as an Olympic sport and those who want to use it as a, a holistic kind of health method or whatever and that kind of diversity is in each and every culture there are people here in Okinawa who are total frauds and Mac dojos just like in the US but there are also those who are very connected to the practical application and want to use the bunkai and secret, seek the secrets of kata and all of that. And there are world champions in the World Karate Federation on this island too. And the same goes for each and every culture. So I wouldn't say there's a difference between the cultures, but within each culture. And that difference is the same in each culture. Okay. That's how I see it. Have you seen that change over the years of your training and, and your travels? And particularly I'm thinking with the availability availability of social media mm -hmm. and the in well, I guess we'll say influx of videos uh, that are that are put out there mm. and unfortunately the influx of arguments mm. uh, particularly around Facebook and oh this is not the right way or that would never work 
you know, as we're sitting here right now, there's 500 of those arguments going on. Right. But have you seen over your years of training differences in those little subcultures? Yeah, I would say that, like you point out, internet and being transparent and social media has made things better because the truth can't be hidden anymore. Everything comes to light. If you're teaching, if you're Ronald McDojo, people will know because they can see that other people are doing different stuff and it works better. So why are we doing this stuff that doesn't work? And before the internet, you could easily just hide that fact. You could hide behind your, your belt or your grade mm -hmm. or your diploma because we couldn't compare it to anything else. But now we can. So that's kind of the way I see it with, with regards to this question. So it's a good thing. It is, because it exposes your practice. Sure. Okay, uh, I have a question here from Facebook from, from Neil Jones. With all the traveling and training that Sensei does, how does he incorporate what he learns into how he trains and his overall philosophy on what is useful and effective? Does he have a particular focus on any aspect of the art? How do you incorporate what you, when you're traveling, what you're learning? And hmm. I, I guess he's asking, um, how do you, how do you find what's useful and effective, and perhaps what else is garbage and you throw out? Mm -hmm. I think is really what he's getting down to. Right, and that's the tricky part, especially when you you're a karate nerd and you view karate from a 360 degree perspective. So if I was more narrow or more limited in my approach, I would say, will this make me an Olympic champion, yes or no? And it would be an easy choice for me to know whether I should keep this exercise or this knowledge that I got or not. But now that I have this kind of diverse view of karate, then my job is to keep everything because some stuff I might need for myself, other things I might need to teach somebody mm -hmm. or uh, write about or do a video about because one day in five years, somebody might ask me a question about something that this was the answer to. And if I don't remember it or if I don't keep it for myself because I don't think it's worth, uh, you know, I don't think it's worth anything to me at this moment, then I wouldn't be a karate nerd. So I have to remember everything. <laughs> I think that that's a fantastic, that's a fantastic answer actually. I, I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> As someone that follows you and, and watches your videos and the information you put out there because sometimes I think what you're what you're covering in some of your videos in a way I want to say is, is almost several levels down from where you're at right many levels down mm. sometimes but I appreciate that because you're doing it for everyone else mm. so because I've been there yep I had the same problem I overcame it now I can show you how to do it but only because I've been there I'm not trying to teach anything I don't know. That's why I need to keep it, because one day I might need to teach you. Okay, uh, we've got a couple more training questions here. Um, one from Oki High Life on Instagram. Oki High Life, individual that actually lives here. Uh, you'll probably meet him today. What is something, and I'll tell you, because I know this person, He's been training uh, for about two years in traditional martial arts, so I can kind of give you an idea where this particular question is coming from. Mm -hmm. What is something that you've learned later on in your karate journey that you wish you would have known when you first started? Good question. This is an individual, like I said, he, he's been training for about two years in traditional 
Okinawa mm -hmm. martial arts. Maybe has a bit of a background in something else. Something you learned later on in your karate journey that you wish you would have known when you first started. Hmm, it's difficult to say, but there are many things. But I could say one thing is that harder doesn't necessarily mean better. Because at the beginning, you want to just kind of push and push and do your techniques stronger, faster, harder, better. But there comes a point when too much is too much. It's not better, it's just more, right? Mm -hmm. So at that point, you got to find the balance between relaxation and tension, if we're speaking on a, from, a, from a physical perspective. And not just think that going faster and harder and stronger is automatically better. It could be. But it could also come to a point where it becomes worse. Mm -hmm. It's like a bell curve, right? So that's something that I learned recently, that focusing actively, consciously on relaxing and not just hoping to relax as a byproduct of being tired <laughs> is a very difficult but very important mm -hmm. concept as you get more advanced. So you, you, you mentioned you, you, you learned this recently or started focusing on it no. recently yourself. Yeah. Did, did anything trigger this? or is it Yeah, really the fact that I kept competing for a long time but I didn't see the results that I wanted to get. So I had to find better coaches who could actually tell me not just that I was, I was doing something wrong, but what and why I was doing things wrong. Okay. And that is one of the main benefits of competing. Even though you don't consider karate a sport, you can still compete for the many other benefits it will bring you besides medals, maybe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, very good. I, I <clears throat> watched your video um, when you were talking about that, and actually I think I listened to another podcast that you were, and we were talking recently about the tension and the relaxation, I wondered what triggered that change or huh. what, what made you start to consider that. Okay, mm. um, another question uh, from Oki High Life actually, and this is interesting timing that he asked this because just yesterday you released a video um, with all of the interesting implements and, and training equipment that you were using at the Asato Dojo, but he asked, what training tools, if any, do you prefer to train with and why? And of course, we don't want to limit that to what we watched in the video, but what training tools, if any, do you prefer to train with and why? Kettlebells, dumbbells, and cable pulley machines. Perhaps a, what do you call the bar? Just a regular straight bar? Yeah. What's the name of it? It's um, like a, a metal bar with plates on it. Yep. What do you yep. call that in yep. English? Barbell. Uh, a barbell. Yeah. Barbell. Yeah. English is my third language. Sometimes I forget yeah. words. Yeah. Yeah. Barbells, barbell dumbbells, kettlebells, and cable machine. You use them all for whole body, or do you focus particularly with no, kettlebells in, in one area? Or I. I always try to practice the way the body is meant to function, which is more of, of an integrated approach rather than an isolated approach. So when I say dumbbells, I'm not doing bicep curls to get a disco pump yeah, or, or yeah. a six pack and go to the beach. I want to actually be able to use that strength somehow, uh, especially in my karate techniques. I wouldn't practice strength training if it didn't improve my karate. Okay. Whenever I do something, I'm thinking, will this improve my karate, yes or no? And if, it, if the answer is yes, then I do it. Okay. And this is what I found out. Were you involved with any other sports? Never. I don't even like sports. Really? I don't okay. like any sport. And I, 
I don't see myself as an athlete, even though I'm, I've been in two national teams, I have national titles, I've, I've, I've won a lot of medals and stuff, but I don't, I don't, because I don't like sports. I don't see myself as a sportsman either. I'm a karate nerd. Okay. In, and karate is not just a sport, but you can compete in it, right, but it's right. so much more. Well, that's interesting. Okay. I didn't know if you had, had any previous background of anything, soccer, mm, basketball, nothing, swimming, no, no, no. nothing. Okay. More, more um, creative side of things like arts, maybe. I, I like writing, which is mm -hmm. why I started a blog. Mm -hmm. I like drawing. I like music. These types of more artsy things rather okay. than athletic things. Because I was okay. a chubby kid. I did. I, I I rode skateboard a lot. Okay. <laughs> but that's that's not really a sport either. It's more of a lifestyle. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So I've got another question for you, if you don't mind. This one came in from uh, from Instagram from Red Bocata. Red Bocata says, first a statement. I look up to him so much. <laughs> that's very nice. Ask him what his long-term goals as a. Ask him what are his long-term goals as a karate ambassador. Just keep doing what I love. I don't have any other goals. What's down and what I love is, I love progress. I love teaching karate, training karate, living the karate nerd life, essentially. And uh, always moving forward with that. Using karate as a, a vehicle for self-development, for empowering myself, but also mm -hmm. others in the process. And to serve this community that I've somehow built kind of by accident by doing what I love which is what we call karate nerds right yeah. and that I would have to say that that's my goal or goals okay so that's interesting you the way you answered that I was gonna ask you this question you, you somewhat answered it already but I was gonna ask you why why do you do what you do as far as YouTube as far as the blog uh, the videos why not just focus 100% on yourself mm. um, because a lot of people do yeah especially, yeah especially professional competitors right yeah um, there's no no sitting down for dinner and, no, and talking no, like never. this or you know this yeah. this this free conversation um, but why do you what because I can't be that, that self-centered I just can't I, I I have learned too many things to keep them to myself I just it's easier for me to teach to somebody than to not do it. Okay. Because due to my nature of liking to be creative, I want to produce things. I want to see things from my head appear in reality. And then if I can do that through karate or through entrepreneurship, which I also do, right? Then I just want to keep doing that. And I just happen to use karate as my platform to do this. Okay. But I think if the best way to improve something is to practice, the second best way has to be to teach, because when one teaches, two learns. Sure. Okay. Very good. Um, <clears throat> last question here, actually. Uh, this <laughs> this came from a gentleman named uh, Andreas Quast. <laughs> hey, Andy. <laughs> Andy Sun. And this was posted. This was posted on the uh, Karate Nerds Facebook page. So I'm just going to repeat it because he asked it. I already know that it's not a serious question because this is a funny guy. <laughs> it is not a serious question. Uh, but he would like to know, how much do you earn annually? <laughs> no, it's, actually a, it's actually a good question. If we ever look it up, I'll tell you. Yeah, okay. Fair because enough. I honestly, I don't know. Fair enough. I would, but I, I have food on the table. Yep. That's what counts. Yep. 
I'd be willing to yeah. bet it's a lot less than most people perceive. <laughs> yeah. But I but thought probably that was more than Andy because yeah. he's a real karate nerd. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he's that was too nerdy. Oh, he's uh, quite the researcher, right? Yeah. <laughs> he is. Was, I thought that was a funny question, so I had to ask that. But <laughs> yeah, that's all the questions ask. that I. Oh, actually, I, that is not all the questions. I I take that back because, like I mentioned, mm -hmm. I was still getting them pinging here as we were okay. sitting down at dinner, and uh, I got one from. Uh, a gentleman named Richard Canton, out of uh, out of the UK, yeah, and uh, he runs Canton Martial Arts, has many dojos up there and several hundred students. All right, but he's got a pretty good question, a very good question actually based around this. Nice. Uh, he says, "I find the 13 to 18 year old bracket hard to fill and keep. So many other interests, etc. Any suggestions on how to help with that?" 13, 18 year old um, student bracket, and then he says also, what has he seen during his travels to help with this age group? Social media. Okay. Where are 13 to 18 year olds spending time? On their phones. Are you on that phone, yes or no? Why would they care if you're not there? Because that's what they care about. You gotta make them care, you can't just hope that people care about your dojo or about class or training, right? You gotta make them care, because nobody cares. That's the rule number one of marketing. Nobody cares. Show them why they should care. Mm -hmm. Be in the phone, because that's what they care about. So, work on your social media game. That's my number one advice. Yeah. Not teach better classes, because you can teach the best classes in the world, but if people don't know about it, it doesn't matter, because they're not gonna go there. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to people who are already your students, it's one thing to attract new students with social media, but it's another one to keep current students. You gotta activate them and engage your school online. So you kind of make a, a cyber version of your school, right? Instead of just promoting and doing marketing to get new students, because then the old ones will drop out because they feel left behind. Yeah. I'll give you a really good piece of advice. For example, this is something I do in my dojo. Student of the month, fighter of the month, uh, instructor of the month. Take a photo of that person. Just pick whatever title you want. Ask them uh, three questions, five questions. Like, uh, what are your dreams or hopes for karate? Why did you start? Why do you still practice? Um, what does it mean to be a black belt to you? Or something like that. A few questions that go straight into their heart, right? Yeah. Emotional. That's even better instead of just, you know, prefrontal cortex. And then you put that photo up with their answers where they share their hopes and dreams and desires of karate. And then you share that on your social media pages for your school. Now, not only will they scroll through the feed and see themselves on your school's page, which is a great honor, they will feel so appreciated. But also the other students will feel like they're part of a community now and not just a faceless brand or, or a random dojo in a, in a you know, shopping mall mm -hmm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that creates this kind of engagement that you want if you want to keep 13 to 18 year, old, year olds because they feel like they're part of something bigger that's actually keeping up with the times because it's on social media. And then once that person, whatever student of the month or instructor of the month, comes back to class next time, Imagine how he or she will feel when everybody now knows everything about them that they shared in that quick post. And then you get those strong ties which bonds people together and creates this community that you want not just offline but also online 
And remember, online is worth 13 to 18 euros off. Mm -hmm. I will spend most of their time. So that that's my piece of advice. Go to social media. So what social media was not nearly as prominent, if at all, when you were in that age group. No, oh, no. What kept you interested? My parents. It was like, well, bye-bye, family is going to practice. Either I go with my family to practice or I stay home by myself. That's not fun, right? Mm. So I went with my family. Okay. I tried staying home one time. It was so boring, I decided that I'm never going to stay home again. <laughs> home alone. It was not, <laughs> okay. it was not I fun. Think so, some, some kids, 13 and 18 year old, that's what they want. Right, right, right. Unfortunately, my, my teenage daughter is turning into that. <laughs> no, but I felt like I was missing out on something. Because they're over there having fun at karate, I'm here at home because I wanted to try to decide myself and not just go because that's what we yeah. always did. But they were over there having fun. Right. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a key point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So even as a young child, your parents had a way to make it fun then, right? It wasn't only the... No. No? No. Yeah. No, they didn't? No, they, or... they, they never wanted to force me okay. or my brother to go to practice. Okay. Yeah. Social media, that that's... It seems so simple, right? Especially for that age bracket. Mm. Uh, I think I, I don't know about uh, about Richard Canton, but I think some traditional mm. dojos, especially here in Okinawa, yeah. right, would look at that as uh, not selling out, but turning that into a McDojo. Right? Mm. Now you're online, everything's social media, this social media, yeah. that. So I think there's a, a difficult approach to that to not turning it into. Mm. Uh, birthday parties and you know you gotta do it in the right way I, I think you can put most martial arts school owners into three categories those who use social media but not always in the right way like you just said those who don't really use it because they're still skeptical and think it's a fad and those who use it sometimes randomly right post a cat meme or something because they don't really either know how to use it so I think that just educating yourself on social media and trying to find the correct platforms and how to navigate them, it does a lot. Just playing around with them. You don't have to become an expert. Very good. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I don't want to cut this short, but if we don't leave soon, we're not going to get there on time for training <laughs> and uh, Sensei is going to... Being very upset. So let's wrap this up if you don't mind. We'll take a stroll over there and we'll do some training. Awesome. Sensei, thank Sen you so Thank you very much. much. It was really, my pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thank I'll... you. Well, folks, I do hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jesse and Cam Sensei. I certainly enjoyed our time together. Did you catch the part where Jesse Sensei describes Okinawa karate using the analogy of the most famous Okinawa dish called Champadu? Check the show notes for a link to learn more about Champadu, and more importantly, for links to Jesse Sensei's website and YouTube channel. As I mentioned previously, I do hope to get more time with Jesse Sensei before he departs Okinawa, because I already have more questions for him, and I of course would like to interview him after he competes in the first Okinawa Karate International Tournament, which is just one week away. As always, thank you for listening to the Okinawa Karate Podcast.